Hey everyone, welcome to the Crab Blog Podcast. So glad you are here with us. It's dropping a little late because we had our newest baby on October the 2nd and spent the next um, 22 days in the hospital with him while we figured out um, his heart defects and what was going on there. So I did not take time while in the hospital to record as much as I was planning and hoping to with um, never knowing when doctors or nurses were coming in every couple hours. Um, It was extremely difficult and frustrating, um, but good at the same time. Glad we were there. Glad um, things went so well. So dropping this a little late, the next podcast will go up on time and I'm really, really looking forward to sharing that topic as well. I'll share a little bit more about um, my son's story and all of that. For those of you who are new to joining Crab and are going, what is this? This is Children Raised Around the Blind. My name is DJ. I run Crab. It's my baby. And you can feel free to check us out at childrenraisedaroundtheblind.net for all of our information. We're also on social media under Crab Children Raised Around the Blind on both Facebook and Instagram. And we would love for you to follow us and um, stay tuned for more fun and exciting for this episode. Welcome to the Crab Podcast. Here at Children Raised Around the Blind, we have two goals. Our first goal is to help those living with the blind to understand them better and to help children through the difficulties that come from living with a blind parent. Secondly, we want to spread awareness of the blind community. Here on the podcast, we will share the things that blind people can do and ways the sighted world can include them in everyday life. Join us twice a month to learn about the visually impaired community. Okay, so with the holidays coming, it's one reason I was hoping to get this episode up a little earlier. I want to talk about how do you include a blind or visually impaired person in your holidays, in your parties, in the meals you prepare, and all of that. Um, Something that I am very passionate about is making sure that people are included. And I feel like the word inclusivity or, you know, that thought... um, has become a very broad brush and that sometimes things get taken out of context. So um, what is it like? How do you do a holiday with somebody who is blind or visually impaired? Um, The first thing I always want to go to is easy foods. Um, That doesn't mean you can't have this elegant dinner. So for us, um, our Thanksgiving and Christmas meals and Easter are pretty much almost cookie cutter of each other with the exception of the meat changes. Thanksgiving always do a turkey. Even though my family's not huge on turkey, but I make a really, really good um, turkey that my husband who hated turkey growing up actually will enjoy leftovers for a week afterwards. Um, just the way that I cook it that's different and keep it really juicy. But, um, you know, thinking how I even slice my turkey making sure that, you know, it's a tender meat, that it's it's easy to cut if you're going to have them cut it. Um, with my mom, she's usually just asked us to cut it for her, which is totally fine. So I pre-cut, you know, the, the meat that's going on her plate. Um, then we do mashed potatoes, which is pretty easy, green bean casserole. Um, then we have deviled eggs. We have a gelatin salad we call fufu. Um almost like a watercress salad, but different in the recipe. It's got pineapple is about the only 
really healthy thing and cottage cheese, everything else in there is not so healthy, but it's really, really delicious. And then, um, I usually do corn with it and then, um, make gravy, all those fun things. And then we usually follow it up with a pie or two. So when I'm making my menu, I try to think of things that are easy to scoop up with fork or spoon. Um, not a lasagna, not uh, something that's maybe got a red sauce that could be really messy in case, you know, everyone decides to dress up nicely. Um, if you're serving, say, an appetizer beforehand, think about the ease of the appetizer as a finger food. Is it going to be messy? Is it going to require a fork? Um, thinking just ahead for your food. And then when you serve the plate, there's a video from way back on crab one of the first things that I actually did on our Facebook page if you want to go hunting you can go digging for that video but it's on how do you serve a blind person so usually you know you figure out what they want um, my mom would want everything and some amount and then when you hand them their plate you're going to pretend that it's the face of a clock and so the meat is always going to go at six o'clock so that's going to be at the bottom closest to them and then what you do is you tell them clock position. So I like to start at 12 noon. So for this plate, I'm going to say 12 is going to be mashed potatoes with gravy in the middle. Now, we did not pour the gravy over the top. No, we made a little well. And we spread it out a little bit and poured the gravy so that it's not going to make as big of a mess for them. Because remember, they can't see the gravy all the time. Um, then about 2, two o'clock, between 2 and 3, we're going to put the green bean casserole. 5 o'clock, we're going to have our dinner roll. And then at 6, of course, is going to be our meat. At 7.30, 8 is going to be our gelatin salad. And then as we come back around the top um, at 10, we're going to put the corn. If there's space in the middle, you could put something else in the middle. But you're going to describe where everything is because as wonderful as they are at figuring things out, um, mashed potatoes, depending the consistency, may feel similar to the slimy green bean casserole. And fufu for us is pretty easy. The gelatin salad's gonna be pretty easy and distinctive with the marshmallows and the fluffiness of it. But um, just knowing where things are on the plate, so say they want to have green bean casserole with their turkey, but they don't want to have the mashed potatoes with the fufu because gross potatoes with a fruit salad. Um, so making sure that you describe that plate to them in detail where things are. Um, you could always use a dessert plate if it's something that's super messy. Make sure that there's napkins there. Make sure that they they feel comfortable um, with what is on their plate. Some people will refuse things that they think may be a little bit more uh, difficult for them to eat. So pay attention to that. What about um, games and activities? That's like the biggest thing at holidays is, you know, a lot of people want to sit down and play games and hang out. And um, I guess it was back in September, one of the blind groups that I'm in, or groups for blind people, um, they were, there's a group of young people and we were just talking about, you know, games and what games you enjoy. And they're talking about you know, how to be included, whether it's a large print game for those who are low vision or, you know, something in Braille or what games have people found accessible in different categories, including some digital games and things. And um, I found it interesting listening to them have the same struggles that we did growing up 
in finding things, one that are cheap enough you can afford. So um, the average Scrabble, the Braille Scrabble board, if I remember correctly, last time I checked was like $75 to get the board and the letters that are Brailled. Um, it's not exactly cheap. Like Uno, you could go to, you know, and it, most stores and for 10, 15 bucks get regular Uno. Well, if you're going to pay for it to be Brailled, a lot of them are, you know, almost double 25, 30 bucks just because somebody had to sit down and braille it. And, um, it, it can be a little frustrating, um, for those types of things. So think of games or activities. So maybe you're planning a holiday party and you're going to do a handout with some fill in the blank or some Thanksgiving trivia. Is the person who is blind or visually impaired, are they a print user? Um, if so, can you make it large print so they can see and ask them, you know, what size font large prints considered, um, size 16 aerial font now. Um, but maybe they need it bigger than 16. Maybe they need 20 or 22. So maybe you could print them off their own large print version. Or in my mom's case, um, she uses a Braille note taker. And so I can email her the file with that document, have her pull it off her email and sit on her computer and then when it's time for us to play that game she can pull it up and she can participate too or maybe you or somebody in the group could just read you know read it to them and write down the answers for them Um, just think outside the box for those types of things Um, think of ways that they could be included so a couple games we play that mom can't read the clues necessarily to but she's part of um, so we play Taboo, which we actually do have someone, a friend of hers had given her, um, a set that has Braille. Um, it's a clear plastic sheet with the Braille and then they've stapled the print card next to it so that we can make sure she's saying the right you know, words. And with Taboo, you have a word that you're trying to get your team to say. And then I think it's a list of five words you can't say. So you have to think outside the box, which is really, really difficult when it's like baby, um, say is your word and you can't say parent, you can't say grandparent, you can't say bottle, um, you can't say newborn and, you know, another word and you're having to, okay, what do I, how do I describe this to people, um, quickly because it's also a timed game. But before we had the real ones, we would stick mom on a team and still everybody would sit every other and mom would just get to guess the entire game for her team. Vaso made her for for odd man out. She's been a neutral, so she can guess for either team. And sometimes that's really beneficial to have somebody who just gets to guess the whole time. We do that with catchphrase as well, where um, we put her on the team and she gets to help guess with that team, even though she cannot read the clues. And you know, still make her part of it. With board games, um, there's a couple that we have used puff paint. Or um, you could even do it with like a hot glue gun and make the the spaces raised. We did that with the game Sorry. And then went through with mom's braille writer and we brailled up the entire deck of cards so that she knows what that deck is. Um, Now moving her own pieces, we did not do something special, but you could if you wanted to put, um, you know, dots on the ponds for that um, to make it so that they could be included in that game or other games shoots and ladders comes to mind um you could do the first letter of the color and braille dots for candyland and then braille the cards 
Um, so some of it does require you to work a little bit harder. One year we got apples to apples given to us at Christmas. It's apples to apples junior. Um, and for those of you who may not be familiar with that game, you have a um, adjective. You have two large stacks of adjectives and then you have a bunch of nouns and um, things that you're trying <laughs> lots of names and things and so you put down that adjective and then you have to from your hand put down a noun that is either as close to or maybe just as far out there you never know what your hand's going to be well in total the cards I want to say it's probably between 200 and 300 cards for this game and so one year while my siblings were gone, I think it was over Thanksgiving break, they had gone to see my dad. Um, Mom and I sat down over those next few days and brailed every single card. And that way, if we want, and Mom's up to playing, um, we would be able to sit down and have game night. And, you know, she could read her own adjective. Now, we weren't able to put the details. We could just put the name, so like kind. And sometimes it would be like gentle or calm. We couldn't put those words on so someone would read those for her. And then same thing with the, the red cards that you play. We would just put the name. Um, wouldn't put any descriptions, descriptions on it. There's just not enough space. But that way, you know, she's included. So being able to have someone who has a Braille writer and can um, do those games. You can also find a lot of Braille games up online. I mentioned Uno. Um, Phase 10, we've worked on doing... Um, that game together just making sure that they're not sitting there doing nothing um, with we do categories now we used to do Scrabble as kids growing up and then um, Scrabble just takes forever and I have little kids who are not going to give me the time of day to sit and play an hour and a half Scrabble game without being interrupted so we have switched to categories and um, with that we uh, had given mom the list so she has all 12 lists on her brown note taker we'll tell her what list number we're on she can roll the dice for the letter that we're going to use and then she can play along as well so when you're doing those types of things make sure that you're including them you know maybe it's a hands-on activity that you decide to do so you know harvest time maybe you're doing apple bobbing make things that are accessible for them don't just you know, invite them or they end up, you know, at your place and you're like, okay, what do we do for them? Oh, well, they can't do that. Oh, they can't do that. Try to think ahead, you know, try to do something a little bit extra that would include them. Maybe um, it's a game that you can play. So like we, we played a game with our Sunday school class, a number, I think it was last fall, I'll say a number of years ago, but last fall, and I played it in teen group, which had been many years ago, um, that as we played, I was thinking, oh, well, this could be, you need some sighted people, but this could be something adapted for a blind person, and it's um, called like four on the couch, so you have a couch or some, you know, four chairs in a row that you're going to call the couch, but the thing is everybody's name goes in a, a basket, and then um, you pull out the name, and that's your new identity, so you have to be you have to respond to whatever, um, whoever's name is called, even though it's not yours. And then you move people around the room hoping to get four girls or four guys on that couch. So that would be something that, yes, one person would know who the blind person's, you know, what their new name is. However, that would be something that they could play because moving positions is something pretty easy to do um, with mobility. Other um, fun things, you could go out for a walk. And describe outside to them, you know, what the trees look like, what 
the scenery outside looks like. Um, we do Christmas lights. Um, it's been a while since I've taken my mom Christmas lights, although we may make that something fun to do with the kids again this year and maybe bring grandma along. And, um, you know, we would, as kids growing up, we would describe the lights. You know, this house has green lights on the windows and white lights hanging down from the trees or whatever it is, you know, find ways to include them and not just say, oh, well, you know, they, they don't, they don't care. Well, they might, maybe they, they say, no, you know, I'm fine, but at least offer and making sure that you, you think in that way. Um, for me, it's so natural that when I do go to events, even if my mom's not there and, you know, things happen, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> why, why wasn't this done in this way? Um, but realizing not everybody thinks like me because not everyone has a blind person in their life that, um, they think about, um, another group game that gets played a lot that is, can be accessible to a blind person is, you know, what's in your purse or what's in your pockets. Um, that's always a fun one in group settings where you, you know, have a list of random items that might be in your bag or your pockets and you call it out. So, you know, it could be a receipt or a safety pin or, um, a hair tie and things like that, um, that a blind person may actually have in their pen, their, their pocket book or pockets. Um, so you have some options with that. Um, just same thing. If you're going to watch a movie, pay attention. If it has audio description, you can go to my blog for more information on audio description. You can also go to a website. Um, if you Google audio description project or ADP, um, they have a whole list of every audio described um, video that's on streaming services. And so you can see what's available for a streaming service if you want to watch a group video together, like for Thanksgiving. My siblings and I are very spoiled. And um, we've always watched Miracle on 34th Street, the black and white, the second black and white one, because I found out there was a version in the 40s before this one. I think it's the early 50s, um, mid 60s, and um, love watching it. It's audio described. Um, I have found a copy that's not audio described. And when I tried to watch it, my brain, as it does with all audio described videos that you've always grown up with audio description, you hear um, the descriptions <laughs> in your head, even if they're not actually playing. Um, so find an audio described video, maybe you're going to watch, or say you're going to watch a, a sporting event, you know, I think of football games or whatever. Um, if that's, that's something they're into, be willing to talk about the plays or have somebody who knows more than like myself, um, about football because TV announcers don't, they just sit there and talk about stats. They may mention a player too, if it's really good. Um, so you can either find a, a radio version you know it on the radio and let them listen to it that way or somebody who knows about the game and can spend some time describing if they're interested in kind of knowing and keeping up or like we do on Saturdays when it's football season um at my brother's place we usually just let her know the game when it goes to commercial um the game score and things like that so she can kind of keep up with it even though she doesn't really care so find find ways like that that you can include, not exclude, and just, you know, think outside the box. Think of fun things. Think of activities to do. And just make sure that you're not 
inviting them to come and join you and then they're sitting there and doing nothing. So I hope that gives you guys some great ideas. Please share this with friends and family. Um, this is one of the episodes that I think everyone needs to know. Even if you don't know a blind person or you don't think you know somebody who has a vision loss. Um, there's a lot more people out there than you realize who are dealing and struggling with that. And this time of year with the holidays, there's a lot of people who are not... Um, don't have family so reach out to those people and invite them into your house um, make sure you cl click the subscribe button so we can get our subscribers up here on the podcast and i look forward to talk to talking to you guys next week for our second podcast of the month